It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the daily podcast covering all things BYU for you. Insider knowledge, insight, and opinion you can't find anywhere else. We are your daily source for all things BYU athletics. Today, we're recapping some of what Kalani Satake had to say yesterday, coming off the loss to Boise State and looking ahead to UMass. We'll also be getting you ready for the beginning of the BYU basketball season. The Cougar Cagers are in Reno, Nevada to take on the seventh-ranked Wolfpack tonight. We'll break down that game and project the season and give you my opinion on how Dave Rose's team is going to do this season. And we'll also catch you up on how the former Cougars and the pros performed in the NFL over the weekend in our final segment. Without further ado, let's get going here. A reminder, today's show brought to you by Vivid Seats and Sling TV. We'll tell you about both of those great companies here in a moment. All right, let's do this thing. Let's get going. You are Locked on Cougars. Looking at the, the, the setup and the timing, I, I didn't, didn't think it was going to take that long to get the playoff, you know. So that if I was calling the play, yeah, I probably would have probably called it then. But that's where, I don't know, I, I just wanted to score. I didn't care how much time was on this clock. I, I've been happy with scoring on Hadley's screen. You know, that would have gone on the end zone. I'd like to play defense in a two-minute situation and stop them from getting into the, into the end zone. There you go, Kalani Satake talking about the last timeout that BYU had in that game against Boise State saying he probably would have called it a little bit earlier if he looking back but he said ultimately we wanted to score and I, yeah I get that coach and it's it it makes sense because yes you want to score obviously Matt Hadley rumbling up the field 59 yards at one point you were wondering if he was going to kind of rumble and stumble and bumble his way into the end zone Lopini Katoa looked like he might be able to get in the end zone but ultimately BYU comes up two yards short in a loss just yet another narrow, close loss for BYU. They got to figure out a way to get over the hump. Uh, I thought Kalani Satake was pretty open and honest yesterday, all things considered, when talking about uh, his team and then the late game management against Boise State. I'm going to play a long answer here from him. It was kind of his opening question. Jeff Call from the Deseret News asked him about the late game management of this game. He went on for over a minute about this. You'll hear a lot in this answer, but I think it's worth hearing. So here's Kalani Sitaka and the late game management of the loss to Boise State. I mean, there's a lot of things you could evaluate and probably could have done things differently, but probably the more focus I had was that it shouldn't have come down to the last play or the last drive even. We shouldn't have put ourselves in that position, and I think um, probably say, well, Zach could have had time for two plays in that in that last uh, series, but we wouldn't have been down there if it weren't for him either. You know what I mean? We wouldn't have been in that position if he wasn't the guy to make the plays that he made, and I thought there was uh, enough mistakes to go around for a lot of people to take blame for the, for the loss, including myself, and so that's my job as a head coach to make sure 
sure that we are in a better position to have success. I thought in comparison to last week, we made a huge improvement as far as gaining yards and getting the ball in the red zone. Now we just didn't finish the plays. You know, we need, didn't finish the drives. We need to have more efficiency and more success in the red zone. Way too many issues and way too many mistakes to overcome against a good team like Boise. And credit to them, they made one play more than we did. But I think a lot of focus comes to that, back to that last drive. And I probably go more into the other 58 minutes before that. But I'll, I'll evaluate everything with decisions I made as a head coach on timeouts, the usage, and when's the right time to do it. And I'm sure the offensive coaches talking about the type of play calls they made in the red zone, especially on that last drive. And we're going to make improvements. But really excited about our players, the effort and the belief that they have in the team and the scheme and the things that we're doing. And just need to finish drives and finish the game. And there's room for improvement in all three phases. There you go, Kalani Sitake. And I think he understands that it was bungled down the stretch. But as he said, I want to focus on the other 58 minutes. The problem is, Coach, recency bias, and especially in a game, when you bungle it, those final few plays, it just doesn't look good on you or your coaching staff because you took the you took the ball out of the guy with the hot hand. You took the ball out of his hands, speaking of Zach Wilson, and you didn't give him the opportunity to go win the game until the final play of the game when uh, you told him to go make a play. You called a run-pass option, according to Matt Hadley. Jeff Grimes on BYU TV's Coordinator's Corner yesterday said that Zach Wilson was told to get rid of the ball, throw it out of bounds if the play didn't develop immediately so they could get another shot. He said it was a freshman mistake to hold on to the ball like Zach did and get sacked, which ultimately ended the game. Uh, but he did acknowledge the fact that he that Zach Wilson was told to throw that ball out of the back of the end zone. Zach Wilson, to his credit after the game, took the blame for that mistake. And hats off to that young man. Like I said, I'm very impressed with Zach Wilson's poise, his maturity for a freshman. And I think good things are on the horizon. But getting back to what Kalani Satake said, yeah, he said he wants to focus on the other 58 minutes. It should have been one. The game should have been should have been a game BYU could have won. He and I get it. There's pressure mounting on Kalani Satake. He's had a lot of close calls, a lot of close games, one possession losses. Can't have those pile up too much, or else it, it feels like you're never going to get over the hump. And then your athletic director is feeling the heat, and that could end up with you losing your job. I get that he's under pressure as well. Uh, and BYU needs to figure it out. Uh, Kalani Satake talked about the red zone woes of late for BYU as well yesterday. Here's what he had to say about trying to get those issues figured out. We've done well in the red zone most of the season, pretty much, you know, but the last two weeks haven't been good for us, and so that needs to improve. I don't like kicking field goals, but I have a lot of confidence that our kicker will make them. I mean, he was three or four, and Scott is a, he's a young freshman. He's going to make a lot of field goals for us, but I like him kicking PATs better. So really want to score touchdowns in the red zone, and that means a shift in, in what we do as an offense, especially in that area. It's a condensed field now, so the emphasis has got to be on, the, on what we're good at and the efficiency that we can get our best performance so we can get in the end. So that's going to be the key. That's good to hear that Kalani Satake is opening to changing the scheme or mixing things up to hopefully reignite BYU's red zone abilities. Because earlier on in the season, BYU was very, very good inside the 20 in terms of scoring and scoring touchdowns in particular. I don't know what's happened to change that. Of course, defensive schemes have probably caught up to BYU to some degree, but there also needs to be... Uh, some accountability from his players and the coaching staff to adjust and 
understand that, hey, other teams, yeah, they're going to adjust to us and they're going to try and slow us down in the red zone. We need to get back to scoring as much as we did. I can tell you guys early on in fall camp and throughout fall camp as well as early in the season, BYU spent a lot of time working on red zone scenarios and different okay you have fourth down from here need to score etc and it paid off you saw BYU score touchdowns in particular uh, in games early in the season they got to figure that out and Kalani Sitake it's good to hear him uh, believe that if they can make a change in terms of the scheme and that would benefit them he's open to doing that in the red zone in particular all right, there you go. Some of the thoughts from Kalani Sitake. Oh, and one more thing. I, I need to play this cut as well. The offensive line, much maligned of late. I lambasted them yesterday, and I thought they were absolutely poor in the Boise State game. Not good against Northern Illinois either. Had back-to-back bad weeks. Here's Kalani Sitake on the offensive line's issues and what he wants to see improve. We looked at the, the sacks given up and, and the negative plays, and most of it are, are mistakes. And so not really talent issue or lack of physical play. That's just mistakes. And so if we have to keep it more simple so that they can play fast, then that's what we need to do. Because we can't really move if these guys can't get it done. And if they're confused up front, I'd probably look at that first before their ability more than anything. There you go, Kalani Sitake. And if they truly are just mistakes, speaking of the offensive line for BYU, okay, that is correctable. I do wonder, though, that uh, I do wonder if BYU, in terms of talent, because talent does win out, BYU's offensive line for a long period during the Bronco Mendenhall tenure was nearly an afterthought. It just wasn't recruited heavily. And I wonder if that's still uh, catching up to BYU as they try and bolster those ranks. I could see that, but Kalani Sitake is laying it on mistakes, and he believes they can be corrected, and we shall see if that is indeed the case. All right, uh, that's some thoughts from Kalani Sitake. We'll get to some more of those later in the week. He had some really good comments and answers about different topics we'll be touching on later this week. Coming up next, though, we're going to talk BYU basketball, project the season ahead for Dave Rose's team as they get ready to open the season tonight, 9 o'clock Mountain Time tip-off in Reno, Nevada against the 7th-ranked Wolfpack. We'll break that down next. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about one of today's sponsors on the show, and that is Sling TV. If you're a college football fan, Sling TV is your best bet to watch all the college football games you want to watch this season. I'm a college football nut. I can't get enough of it. Maction, Fun Belt, Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, I'll take it all. For just $30 a month, the Sling TV packages can get you the ESPN networks, Pac-12 networks, SEC network, and more to let you watch all of the college football you can handle. You can stream it on your big screen and across all of your favorite devices. Sling TV's motto is it gives you the live TV you love, only better. There are no useless channels. You pick the channels you want to pay for. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees. It's all up front, and of course, you can cancel at any time. Locked On Cougars listeners can sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial to see if it's the right option for you. You go to the, you can get that trial by going, you can get that seven-day free trial, excuse me, by going to sling.com/lockedon. That's s-l-i-n-g.com/lockedon. Seven days to see if it's the right option for you. If you're a college football fan, I'd encourage you to check it out. Once again, that's sling.com/lockedon. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. 
your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Ready for college basketball? Well, if you're not, it's here anyways. College basketball, the season officially gets underway tonight. BYU has actually got one of the more high-profile matchups on opening night as Dave Rose and his team are in Reno, Nevada tonight. They're facing 7th-ranked Nevada Reno. The Wolfpack return all kinds of talent this year, the Martin Twins. Essentially, Nevada brings back everybody from their team that made a deep run in the NCAA tournament a year ago, and they're a trendy pick to be a Final Four team this year out of the Mountain West Conference. They are the class of the Mountain West Conference, obviously, if they're ranked in the top 10 nationally. Uh, And Gonzaga for BYU, they can kind of look at Nevada and say, hey, we understand this. They're the big dog in this conference. They're a top 10 nationally ranked program, all kinds of talent. The question is, can BYU go to Nevada and get a win? Well, that's the big issue here because the money line right now for out of Las Vegas, the sports books have UNR as a 14-point favorite over BYU as of recording of this podcast. The point spread actually opened up at 12.5, so that means the betters really like Nevada to run over BYU in the season opener. I'm not sure what to expect from BYU in this opening game. I believe Yoli Childs is going to show well for BYU this season. I think he is BYU's best player by far. Nick Emery sitting out the first nine games. Jesse Wade, the former Davis High star transferring in from Gonzaga, has to sit out the entire season. So this is going to be a, a an improved BYU team, but I'm not quite sure how improved they're going to be and how they're going to look by the end of the season simply due to the fact that they won't have Nick Emery early this year. There is some young talent in the mix that BYU will be trying to integrate into this lineup throughout the season and also their lack of size up front. Uh, Yoli Childs, Luke Worthington are your likely two starters in the front court for BYU. Behind them, there's Colby Lee and Gavin Baxter. Uh, But beyond that, there's not a lot of size for BYU. So they're going to have to play small at times and rely on their athleticism and quickness to get them points and also use that same quickness and speed on defense front guys that are got front teams that are a little bit bigger than them and hope hope to heck that BYU can avoid foul trouble this year teams are gonna go right at Yoli Childs in games this year same with Luke Worthington they're gonna try and get him two fouls early get them on the bench because they know if they get one of those two guys on the bench BYU is at a schematic disadvantage and they need to and well that means they can they can attack much easier um the ESPN uh, Basketball Percentages Index uh, predicts game on a game-by-game basis. It actually gives BYU a 25.3% chance to win. Uh, They have the Cougars ranked at 41st in their preseason standings. And if you project out the BPI for the entire season, it actually projects BYU to have a 25-6 overall record this season. If you get to 25 wins for BYU against the schedule they're facing right now, I'd have a hard time saying they're not an NCAA tournament team, 
but those six losses can't all be to your best teams on your schedule. Speaking of Nevada tonight, coming up at a road game at Mississippi State, bringing Houston into the Marriott Center, uh, games against longtime Wack and Mountain West rivals San Diego State and UNLV, and of course in conference against Gonzaga. If you pile up those losses, you get six losses out of those teams, and you're piling up wins against Northwestern State, I believe Alabama A&M's on this schedule. And those are teams we're talking in terms of the uh, Ken Palm ratings and the rankings nationally. Those are like the 300-level teams, which you should beat. You put them on your schedule to fill holes in your schedule, but they do nothing for your national ratings. And I'm interested to see uh, if BYU can pile up. Yeah, 25 wins, but among those 25 wins, take care of business Take care of business against the teams you're supposed to take care of business against. Excuse me if I could get that out of my mouth correctly. But avoid catastrophic losses or losing all of the big games on your schedule. I'm not predicting BYU is going to beat UNR tonight. I think this Nevada team is far too talented. They've got the size, the speed, the athleticism to give BYU fits. I mentioned that BYU looking to integrate some young talent. Gavin Baxter, Connor Harding, some of these young guys that are, they were four-star prospects in high school, but back off LDS missions, are they going to be able to hit the ground running, to use that expression, and get going right from the get-go? I don't expect that. I expect guys like TJ Hawes and Jasheer Hardnett to have good seasons for the Cougars this year. McKay Cannon, another reliable guy off the bench, played in some big spots a year ago, hit some big shots. But BYU, I'm not expecting a win tonight, but if that BPI, the Basketball Percentages Index, according to ESPN, has BYU winning 25 games, that might be, the, I think it's the most games BYU would have won if they do it uh, as a as a as a WCC team, like in terms of the West Coast Conference era of BYU basketball, 25 wins, I believe, would be among the tops, if not the most wins they've got. Um, Ken Pomeroy, who lives here locally in Utah, does an incredible job. Go to KenPom.com. It's a great website name. He's been on my radio show with the Zone Sports Network multiple times, and we'll have him on again this season. His uh, advanced statistics and rankings are considered among the best in college basketball. He has UNR ranked 7th, like they are in the national polls. He's at BYU 56th. He is giving BYU a 12% chance to pull the upset tonight over UNR, and he's giving UNR a win of 85-72. to 72. So based on the current 14-point spread, that would mean the Cougars are covering the spread. But basketball is a finicky sport. Uh, free throws and shots in garbage time if game gets out of hand can really mess with how the line goes. So there you go. Some of my jumbled thoughts on BYU basketball this year, but if the BPI is correct and BYU gets to 25 wins, I would say right now, projecting through the season, that they would stand good odds to make the NCAA tournament, but they have to make sure that those wins, the 25 wins they get, are not piled up against the Santa Claras, the Alabama A&Ms, the Northwestern States, the Rices on BYU's schedule. Go out and pick up a big win. You do it tonight against Nevada Reno, then you'll really kickstart things, but you also have chances against UNLV, uh, San Diego State, of course, Gonzaga twice in conference play that road game at mississippi state those are all statement games that you could really establish yourselves 
with you got to get one or two of those this season to confirm or make sure that you are in the mix when it comes to selection Sunday in March. There you go. Some of my thoughts on BYU basketball. Feel free to hit me up and let me know what you think. We'll be tracking this game tonight. Hopefully have a recap for you in the morning. It is going to be a late night, 9 o'clock. I do morning sports radio, so I'm already dreading the late night and short uh, sleep that I'll have. But we'll be recapping it for you on tomorrow's show. And, of course, you can always send your thoughts to me at Jacob C. Hatch is my personal Twitter feed. Or you can follow the show at Locked on Cougars. Tweet us or DM us there. DMs are always open. Happy to take your thoughts. Follow us on Facebook at Locked on Cougars as well. All right, uh, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back. Former Cougars in the pros, catching up on how the former BYU players performed in the NFL over the weekend. The big return of Ziggy Ansah. He got a sack in his first game back. We'll talk about it. We'll explain what happened next. Before we do that, though, do need to tell you about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing you, the fans, with live entertainment options that it will give you experiences that will last you a lifetime. You can watch your favorite teams. Speaking of this podcast, the BYU you Cougars, artists, or theater performances in person. You can get your to your favorite live events with great prices and, of course, an easy purchasing experience. With the promo code Locked on, locked on Cougars listeners can receive $20 off your order of $200 or more if you are a first time customer of Vivid Seats. What I need you to do is go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter the promo code Locked On to receive that $20 off your order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed up by a 100% guarantee to give you the peace of mind there. Go to the New Mexico State game next week. Check it out. Use Vivid Seats and get the promo code Locked On. Receive $20 off with Vivid Seats. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. As we close out today's show, got a couple news and notes to get to you, as well as we'll talk about the former Cougars and the pros. Let's start off with the news real quick here. The kickoff time and TV schedule for BYU Senior Night game against New Mexico State has been announced. It'll be an 8:15 Mountain Time kick on ESPN2. So hopefully BYU fans can go out and celebrate the seniors. Weather looking like it should be decent, but we'll keep you updated. So November 17th, 8:15 Mountain Time, ESPN2. A good slot for BYU, New Mexico State. Other news in terms of BYU sports... Uh, Peter Quest off to a crazy hot start this season. Just did another incredible feat yesterday, leading BYU to a first place spot in the St. Mary's Invitational after shooting a career low 61. That's 10 under at the St. Mary's Invitational for Peter Quest. Uh, BYU in first place. It's the second 
lowest all-time score in BYU's uh, golf history. Daniel Summerhays had a 60 at the Ping Preview in 2006. That just shows how good of a round Peter Quest put together. Hats off to him. Hopefully BYU can come home with a tournament title. We'll have a recap of that for you tomorrow. But the Cougars sitting in first place with the second day on tap today. BYU Women's Soccer won the WCC Championship got the automatic berth into the NCAA tournament. They will be on the road this Friday to open that tournament at TCU. Uh, game time set for 6 o'clock Mountain Time Friday evening. So congratulations to Jennifer Rockwood and her team. Hopefully they can go on the road, get a win in advance in this tournament. It's been awesome to see BYU bounce back this season. and This is their 19th time they've made the NCAA tournament. And here's hoping they can make some noise. All right, former Cougars and the pros, before we close things out here, let's run down how the former BYU players in the NFL did over the weekend. We'll start off with Fred Warner in San Francisco in a 34-3 win over the Oakland Raiders Thursday night. He started once again at Mike Linebacker, led the team with seven tackles, all of them solo, and added a pass breakup. He is going to be on the short list for NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year, I hope, and I'm expecting he will be. Kyle Van Noy, the linebacker for the New England Patriots, started at linebacker himself. He also led the Patriots with nine tackles in a 31-17 win over Green Bay Sunday night. Three of those were solo tackles. He added a tackle for loss. Uh, Jamal Williams was on the opposite sideline for Green Bay in that loss to the Patriots. He's kind of become second fiddle to Aaron Jones in terms of the pecking order at running back, but he continues to get on the field simply due to his ability to pass protect. Williams finished the game seven carries for 34 yards and two receptions for 20 yards. So congratulations to Jamal Williams continuing to get it done for Green Bay as well as Kyle Van Noy. Uh, The feel-good story in terms of former Cougars and the pros has got to be Michael Davis. His rise at the depth chart uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers is complete, I would suppose. Uh, They beat Seattle 25-17, and Davis got his first career start in the game, and he showed out well. Eight total tackles, seven of them solo, playing all of the defensive snaps as well as some on special teams. Cool to see a guy like Michael Davis, who was benched his senior season at BYU, now starting in the NFL. Uh, The Swiss Army Knife, that is Taysom Hill, and the New Orleans Saints got a huge win over the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, The Rams were the last undefeated team in the NFL, but no longer after a 45-35 defeat. Uh, Taysom had a role to play in this game, as you would expect. Two carries for 10 yards, including a 9-yard run on a 4th down conversion. Also returned two kicks for 49 yards in his efforts. You can tell New Orleans loves having this kid on the roster simply due to his versatility and what he can do. Uh, Two other guys to talk about. John Denny, his Ironman streak continues. The Miami Dolphins beat the Jets 13-6 in a low-scoring affair on Sunday. Uh, He played 12 special team snaps. Cool to see John Denny still getting it done all these years later. He's carved out a great career for himself. And finally, the good news, uh, the great story to see return was Ezekiel Ziggy Ansaw. He'd been inactive since week one with a shoulder injury. He returned uh, as a reserve for the Lions in a 24-9 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. He's normally a starter, but they're easing him back in. But he did produce in his first game back. He got a sack of Kirk Cousins right before halftime that forced a field goal attempt. So good to see Ziggy back on the field. Hopefully he's back to full strength and starting soon. It's been tough to see him out uh, after he started the season with a with a plum in that first game when they went out and he had really good stats in the first half of their season opener. He's been out since. So good to see him back on the field. 
All right, there you go. That's the show for today. You can find me online on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. Follow the show at Locked On Cougars. Same thing for Facebook, Locked On Cougars there. If you would like to be a featured sponsor or advertise with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, always willing to help you guys out, help you represent your company, please email me at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. We have great rates right now with the ongoing launch of the college arm of the Locked On Podcast Network. We'd love to get you guys involved and help represent your company and hopefully get the word out to BYU fans both locally and nationally as well as some international fans. I had a guy reach out to me who mentioned he listens all the way from Hong Kong. So thanks again for tuning into the show. We'll be back tomorrow recapping a late night game for BYU basketball 9 o'clock Mountain Time on CBS Sports Network. Check it out. We'll recap that for you tomorrow. Also get you the latest from BYU football practice. As always, thanks again for tuning in to Locked On Cougars. This has been the show for November 6th, 2018. Go vote! tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day